Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to a special episode of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Happy New Year. This is Chris. That was the most fitting thing you could have done. I, I tried. I tried. It was good. It was perfect. How are you? Happy New Year. Oh, uh, Thank you, Steve. Have a very happy New Year to you as well. 2017 has come and gone. It was a, it was a pretty eventful 2017. You're looking forward to 2018? Yeah, always, always looking forward to the future. You're, you're gonna you know, have, I'm a generally optimistic busy, person. You're going to have a very busy 2018. That is true. I'll have the birth of my first child in late March, early April. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's exciting. Something very much looking forward to. In 20. Um, by this time next year, I'll be married. And hopefully the house hunting will have gone well in that time period as well so that's something to definitely be looking forward to exciting year for both of us absolutely exciting year for both of us so so we thought to our listeners out there we thought that we would take this episode to just kind of reflect on 2017 some of the episodes we did some poll results the rotten tomatoes stuff and just kind of just do a little powwow chat uh just kind of closing up the new year before we start fresh in 2018 with uh some new episodes Exactly. So, um, so let's first talk about last week's episode, which came out on Christmas. We hope that everybody had a Merry Christmas. Chris, did you get anything uh, cool for Christmas? No, I didn't get anything this year. You weird. were bad, weren't you? I must yeah. have been on the naughty list. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. I, mean, I got some cool stuff. What'd you get? I got a lot of uh, baking and cooking related things because I'm into bread baking right now. So I got some you also bread got a stuff. Hatchet, right? You got a hatchet? I did get a hatchet. Now that cool. does not relate to bread baking, correct? No, I not really. I mean, I guess you could cut up the dough that way if you yeah, really wanted to. I have like better things for that now. Right. You mean breader things? <laughs> yep, that's what I meant. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll find a use. I'll find a use for the hatchet in everyday activities. I like to carry it around with me. Yeah, it, it has case. a nice belt hatch to it, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know if uh, New Jersey has concealed uh, hatchet permits. Um, yeah, I'm probably not going to test that out. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's probably a good idea. No, it really wasn't concealed though. I mean, you could, you could. No, it's an open carry it. hatchet. You yeah, it's an open. That's that. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got a knee. Uh, Allie was very nice, and she got me a microphone holder. I don't know what you would call it. You have one already. Microphone stand. Microphone stand, but like a telus, like with an adjustable arm. Oh my god, it's lovely! I'm sitting here right now. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm like I am so relaxed. Usually, I'm hunched over because I had that little stand on the old microphones uh, holder. But uh, this this is beautiful. I feel like a disc jockey. <laughs> Just back here. Um, yeah, so I got that. I got a couple uh, couple movies. Uh, haven't watched any of them. The only one I did watch was The Room. Allie got me a copy of the room. Um, that was the first time I saw it in a couple of years since you showed it to us. Like, oh man, that was eons ago. Yeah, it kind of sticks with you though. It really does. I've seen. I feel like I've seen it like a million times, but I've only really seen it twice. But uh, yeah, so I got that. Uh, I got. Uh, we got some fan art. Uh, my secret Santa made me that. Who would win? Cast collage of all of our episodes. Oh yeah, which that's I posted very nice. A picture on Instagram. That was really cool. Uh, got some nice clothing and, uh, I got a nice, uh, storage adapter for my laptop cause my laptop's going to be dying soon and I want to make sure I store everything before it kicks the dust. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Um, and talking about the episode that we had last week, we had the Santa Claus, uh, Tim Allen's Santa Claus going up against the Santa Claus from Narnia, uh, 
The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the votes stand as of now 60% to Santa Claus from Narnia. Oh. 40% to Santa Claus from the Santa Claus. I needed that win. I needed that win. Yeah. Um, now, I, I was talking to Allie about this. I feel like the, is the correct way to say Santa Claus really Santa Claus? No. It's Santa Claus. I mean, I always say Santa Claus. I, I mean, I know that's what everybody says, but when it has the E on the end, that's when it's Santa Claus. You know right, what I but mean? I mean, sometimes words can sound the same and be spelled differently. This is true. I don't know. I feel like it just has like that Scandinavian sound to it when you go I, Klaus. Maybe you're pronouncing it with an accent. <sighs> maybe. I don't know. If the real Santa Claus is listening, can you please get in contact with us and tell us how you yeah. prefer your name to be pronounced? That, that would make things a lot easier going forward. So, yes, please, Santa Claus or Santa Claus. Father Christmas, if you will, please reach out and let us know. And is his first name Santa? Uh, no. Sometimes it's Nick. Oh, It depends yeah. on the adaptation, you know. That's true. Mrs. Claus, I don't think we've ever gotten a first name for. Uh, Betsy. Betsy Claus. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, no, that's not that's not canon. <laughs> that's not in Santa Claus canon. Um, I, w- I was hoping that somebody would reach out and let us know if, like, remember what we were talking about last week about the canon, like, when Rudolph was introduced? Oh, yeah. I, I was hoping someone would reach out and, like, let us know, like, if that was a thing, if that was when Rudolph, or was there always a Rudolph and they just made a song? Yeah, they just pretended that he was new, right. even though they made him all at the same time. He was already established, yeah, possibly. I saw a great... Um, post on reddit and someone said if santa claus knew when everybody was naughty or nice he would have known that the other reindeer were making fun of rudolph like are are his reindeer on the naughty and nice list maybe his powers only work on humans maybe maybe but you think he'd take better you know raise some better reindeer they were jerks yeah they're probably in like a five mile radius of his home probably even closer than that i don't know I, i yeah i have no idea so we hope everybody enjoyed that episode. Uh, we actually got some uh, tweets sent out to us about that episode uh, from oh, – I can't find it off the top of my head here. Um, but he was a teacher, and he says that he teaches um, the Chronicles of Narnia to his students. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Hopefully he's not and, a history teacher. And I think I believe he was an English teacher. Okay, because if he taught the, the Chronicles of Narnia as history, that would be concerning. <laughs> uh here it is uh drew hallam um so drew thank you for uh reaching out to us about the episode uh he said he's also gone back and listened to some of our other episodes uh i'm not sure if you saw these tweets there chris um he said he went back and he listened to the vader versus the witch king if you recall mm-hmm. yeah I uh, him being a history or a english teacher he says he's a big uh, tolkien junkie and he uh had some critiques <laughs> For us regarding our episode. Oh, can uh, you share them? Yes. He brought up that Eowyn, the daughter of Theoden, would would not have been able to kill the Witch King. The prophecy says no man can kill him, which is exactly why a hobbit was able to mortally wound him with the enchanting blade. He would have died from it because he's a hobbit, not of the race of man. So really, what is what really harmed the Witch King was... Um, I forget who it was, Pippin or Mary. I think it was Pippin um, stabbing the Witch King with that enchanted blade. And because he's not from the race of man, he's a hobbit. So the prophecy was still intact where she could not have killed him because she's technically from the race of man. I don't understand. Didn't she kill him, though, by stabbing him in the face? I think that was in the movie. But it seems as though because of Pippin doing that, that's what really mortally wounded um, the Witch King. I think that was the movie's interpretation of the prophecy hmm. that no man can kill him. So since she is a female, she was the one who killed him. But apparently what Drew's saying is that in the books, um, really, it was Pippin that did the mortally, the mortal damage to the Witch King. Uh, I see. So that's something, something interesting. So I, I said, thank you for being our accurate you're a fact checker and he gave us a nice gif of i got you bro with two people doing a fist bump with each other <laughs> so we appreciate you drew for keeping us in check with some of our episodes if you want to be our unofficial check fact checker 
regarding any episodes. Or official. We can make it official. Or official, yeah. If you if you want the job, let us know because we make mistakes from time to time. Rarely, hardly ever though. Rarely, hardly ever. Exactly. Darth Vader did win that episode too. Uh, did he? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty handily. Seventy-one percent to twenty-nine percent. Ooh, man. I mean, I'd like to know how many people vote in our polls. Actually, listen to the episodes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But yeah, that'd be cool to find out. But yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, do you want to let's talk about the tomato meter responses, and then we can kind of do a little look back at some of the episodes Perfect. we've done this let's year. Let's go for tomato meter. All right. So, uh, for those fans who've been with us for a while, if you remember back in late October, we set up a little uh, contest between our fans here, and it was guess the tomato meter for movies that came out from November to the end of December. Um, and we had you submit uh, your your guesses for the numbers. And I have to give a shout-out here to you, Chris, and also our unpaid intern, Dan, who took the spreadsheet and turned it into a work of pure art <laughs> with all of the formulas and all the automatic calculations and the differences and the points. And, and you, Chris, did a great job when you were able to set up so that the document automatically reached out to Rotten Tomatoes and got the tomato meter score and automatically put it in the spreadsheet. I mean, that made life so much easier. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, it took it took a little bit, but, you know, you were able to, to figure it out. You did a very, very good job with that. Thank you, Steve. So um, I guess we could just real quick look through each one yeah, let's and do that. say, like, who had the closest. Yeah. And then at the end, we can say who had the, the highest uh, point score here. So the first one, Chris, what do we have? Uh, the first, the first one, one in our list was Murder on the Orient Express, the uh, ensemble it, cast film based uh, – was that a remake and based on a book? I'm not sure. Yeah, remake based on a book, yep. So uh, the the Rotten Tomatoes critic score ended up being 58%. 58. Not great. No. Uh, guesses ranged – let's see. What was the, the lowest high, from like the someone, highest? Someone guessed twenty actually. Twenty and the highest Mo- I see is eighty six. Yeah, most were in the the sixty to eighty range. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone, the person who guessed sixty was the closest. They were only two away, and that was listener Emma. Good job. Nice. I I, I had not seen that. I'm not sure if you saw it. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. So uh, nice job, Emma. Two points away. So right now you'd be leading. In the score, uh, with with the most points, you, we would have gotten 14 points for being only two away. Uh, the next one to come out was Thor Ragnarok, which a lot of people really really enjoyed. I liked yeah. it. It wasn't my favorite. Um, I thought the humor at times was like poorly placed uh, or poorly timed, I should say. But um, I thought I thought it was good overall. Uh, but Thor Ragnarok had a Rotten Tomato score of 92 percent. And we had a, we had and a lot of close guesses for this one. We did, but we did have someone who got it right spot on, correct? Yeah, one person got it exactly. Yeah. That was a friend of the show, Dan. Then he guessed 92 exactly. 92 exactly. I was, I was close. I guessed 93. Yeah, you had a very good guess. Um another oh, another Dan was uh he got he was 3 away. You guessed ninety five, Chris. You're the furthest away. Uh, I'm I'm very bad at this. Yeah, you I, guessed tw- you guessed uh, seventy. I just didn't think the critic score was going to be great. I was surprised the critic score was that high. I was too. I was too. But most people did expect a high movie. Like most people were in the eighties and nineties for guesses. Yeah, that's good that people expected expected it to be good, mm-hmm. which I'm glad. Uh, after that, what do we have there, Chris? Daddy's Home Two. Ooh, the sequel everybody's been clamoring for <laughs> for the past three years. Or maybe not because it got a 19. <laughs> this is true, yeah. 19%. Uh, nobody was close nobody, to this Nobody. One. Only two people got points. Yeah. Someone guessed uh, 30%, so they were uh, 11 points away. Two people guessed else, 30, actually. Yeah, two people guessed 30, yeah. Both of them were named uh, Dan. Yeah, some people were in the 30s, some people were in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, everyone hot. expected it to be bad. Yeah. One person gave it an 84. One person guess. did guess an 84, yeah. Nathan McIntosh. I guess Nathan uh, might be a big fan of... Uh, he might be a fan of the original. Yeah. Will maybe. Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg, maybe he's like, they're great. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the trailer actually made me laugh when like 
um, what's the guy? John. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. John Lithgow. Yes. that's his name. John Lithgow. Uh, when he was like coming down the escalator, and then like he meets Med- Mel Gibson. Like that was pretty funny. But I thought yeah, it kind of looked funny too, actually. But yeah, I mean that part made me laugh. So I guess the critics yeah. didn't like it. Critics did not enjoy. All right, next one. This was the one I felt like could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Justice League. And it went the bad way. It unfortunately went the way a lot of people would not have wanted it to go. With a 40% uh, Rotten Tomato score. Um, I, I had high hopes. Um, I get, Well, actually, no, I didn't. I mean, I not that 50, high. Yeah, I guess 53. <laughs> I mean, some people guess like 75. Like, I would have... Yeah. Yeah, they they ranged from like mediocre to okay, I would say. Like the lowest guess was forty five. That was the closest yeah. guess. Right, yeah. But they ranged they went all the way up to seventy nine. A bunch in the sixties. So Yeah, based on the trailers, that's what I would have probably guessed too. Yeah, the fifties, sixties, maybe even the seventies. So again, that was from uh Dan W. Uh so he's been close a couple times now going in with that. Uh, after that, we have Coco, the Pixar film. I did not see this. I really wanted to. I have not seen it either. Yeah. And uh, Coco came in at 97%, which is pretty good. I mean, Pixar standards, that's like the usual, unless you're like a Cars movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was... Wait, even uh, the first Cars? Or just the sequels? The first Cars was like 75. Oh, wow. I think that was the lowest Pixar movie, uh, Rotten Tomato score at the time. And then the other two Cars had just not been... I never saw the third one. The second one's pretty awful. Yeah, were you telling me that that there's a there's a there's a current movie that has the same plot as Cars two? No, I was not telling. Someone you was that. telling me Pitch Perfect three and Cars two have the same plot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Pitch. I've never seen Pitch Perfect three, but I heard that it takes place like overseas. Yeah, and I think one of them, so like, one of them becomes like a secret agent type thing. Just like Mater it, did in is Cars it, 2. Is it, is it Rebel Wilson's character? I think so, yeah. Oh my god, that is the exact same plot as Cars 2. <laughs> There's more similarities, too. I haven't seen uh, Pitch Perfect 3, so I don't know how close, but... Right. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. If anyone out there has seen it, let us uh, let us know. I'd be curious. That's really, really funny. Um, and in terms of guessing Coco, uh, we had two people that were spot on. Two exact guesses. Yeah, we had Kim and Dan W., Again, coming yeah. in very close, right there on the on the nose. Uh, zero difference, ninety seven percent guess. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, very good. Uh, for most that. people expected to be fairly high, except for one person, Henry. For some reason, Henry B's like seventeen percent. Yeah, this is Pixar's I mean, first bomb. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Pixar's kind of been inconsistent lately. Yeah, it is hard to bet against them this badly, though. Yeah, that's, it's that's like the that's... Patriots. Even when the Patriots aren't so good, like you still probably should pick the Patriots. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, everybody else was in like the 90s, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, this, uh, Sal from Alaska, he guessed 63. But hey, I mean, you never know. All right, this next one. This one I'm really excited for. The next one is The Disaster Artist. Yeah. We, which we, we saw last saw weekend. It. Oh, my God. So we never really got a chance to talk about it because we just kind of left the theater when it was over because it was kind of late and... Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, everyone had a long day. So, and you worked that day, right? Yes. When we saw it, that was your first day back to work after, yeah. after the holidays. Uh, what, what were your thoughts about it? I, I really liked it. I thought they did a good job of um, being funny, but not like just making fun of it. Yeah. Like, I, I think like it's it was... really easy to just make fun of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. But that was, that. I think they kind of took a higher road and made a good movie about it. I think it was done with love. Yeah. It did seem like they actually cared. And, like, they brought up some good points, like, talking about how um, some people can't name the movie that won Best Picture, like, 13 years ago, but people can tell you the entire plot of The Room. And yeah, I mean, I remember The Room, like, in, very, in a lot of detail. Oh, absolutely. And, like I said, I've only seen it twice, and I can remember that better than, like, The Hurt Locker, which is one, you know, which won Best Picture, like, 10 years ago, which is, uh, you know, a phenomenal movie. But... Yeah, for some reason that movie, The Room sticks, or the or the Room sticks out. But I mean, all the acting was phenomenal. I mean, uh, James Franco as Tommy Wiseau, I thought he was amazing. He was great, especially when they were showing the compare the side by side comparisons at the end. Uh huh. He was like dead on. Yeah, he was he was perfect, and I felt like it was, uh, 
really necessary to have a brother team up do this, like between James Franco and Dave Franco, because Tommy and Greg Sestero kind of have that brotherly relationship. That's true. That's so, a good point. So by having these two brothers do it together, it really solidified, um, you know, their relationship between each other. And I like that James Franco directed it, too, because it kind of pays homage to the fact that Tommy directed The Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, so, it was really perfect. Yeah. It was – I but, loved um, it. it. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it was probably like my second favorite movie of the year. I really, really loved what it. What was your first? Uh, Blade Runner. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Yeah. Blade Runner was really, really, really good. Um, I think – so people have said you don't really need to see The Room to see The Disaster Artist. And that's true, like, you can follow the movie, but I don't right. think, I don't, I don't see how you could like it as much if you've never seen The Room. Like, I feel like if you've never seen The Room, you're going to watch Disaster Artist, and you're going to be like, this can't be real, this is stupid. Right. But if you've seen The Room, then you're like, wow, this makes total sense. I think you'll have a really good appreciation for The Disaster Artist if you saw The Room first. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think The Room, I would say you almost should, should definitely see The Room first. I, yeah, I mean, and it's only like an hour and a half. It's not really yeah. that in depth. Yeah, it's you can kind of have it on in the background, really, if you're doing something. Yeah, but, but yes, yeah, yeah, I would doubt it, you'd have a much greater appreciation for it if you saw the room before you saw the disaster artist. And we really lucked out uh, because it wasn't playing anywhere near us. Like the closest place was like an hour and a half away. Yeah, so when it, oh, for, for its opening weekend, it was like limited release, and the closest theater I found was in Delaware. Right, and then for like its extended release, we still would have been like an hour or what, forty-five minutes away from the closest theater. Yeah, but then luckily uh, a theater nearby added showtimes for it. So it was crazy too because we went to one of our theaters to see Star Wars, yep. and we were there. It had the Disaster Artist, and we said, "Oh my gosh!" So I talked to one of the ticket guys, and I said, "How long are you going to have it?" And he said, "Oh, probably like three weeks." And we were like, "Oh, great!" And then we looked, and it was gone. Yeah, like like four days later. Yeah, they took it down, and then another theater near us put it up. Yeah, where it was really lucky. <laughs> Which was weird because when I was at that theater to see Lady Bird, I asked them if they were getting the, the Disaster Artist, and the guy's like, nope, we're definitely not getting it. So it was like I got two conflicting <laughs> You got reports. the worst information. Yeah, from both Just from never both trust sides. anything a movie theater employee tells you. <laughs> Seriously. So so that came in on Rotten Tomatoes at 92%. 92. Great score. 92. Yeah, seriously. I mean, people are talking like Oscar buzz for it. Which is really ironic, I think. <laughs> Which is some people are saying that Tommy Wiseau should present like Best Picture or something <laughs> at the Oscars. Um, so and you, you person, were you were closest on that. You guessed ninety. You were only two yeah, away. I came in the closest there. Yeah, and uh, we had some. Someone guessed a hundred percent. Which hey, you know, go for it. But we had some like in the twenties. Uh, Dan W, who was having a hot streak, he guessed twenty percent for that. Yeah, he was not feeling the disaster artist. No, he was not. He thought um, it would be I a mean, disaster. <laughs> pun intended i like it um next one here probably the most controversial film of the winter time among its fan base not among rotten tomatoes critics apparently not among rotten tomatoes critics that is correct that is uh star wars the last jedi with a 91 91 percent, and most of our fans everybody guessed in the 90s except for two people someone guessed 86 and then sal from alaska guessed 60 yeah, yeah. A lot of people were very close on this. Yeah. Let's see, one, I mean, two, th- four people were one away. Yeah, not, so a lot of people guessed 90%, which I think was fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, you have you have some thoughts about The Last Jedi. Yes, I do. But no one agrees with me that I talked to, so now I feel bad about them. No, I don't feel bad about your thoughts. So here's the thing. I think it was a good movie. I liked it. I came okay. out of the theater thinking it was really good. Uh-huh. But then I was thinking about a couple things, and I was like, they made me sad, really. Like what? What's that? So, uh, two main things, and I, they're both spoilery, but not like not like horrible plot spoilers, but they're kind of spoilers. So skip a couple minutes if you don't want to hear. Um, no lightsaber fights. No lightsaber versus lightsaber fights. True. I was kind of bummed. I was, I was kind of looking forward to that the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe... Ryan Johnson took some of the criticism of episode seven being too similar to episode four and just took it so far the other direction that he went too far. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he just did things differently just for the sake of being different. And I'm not sure that happened at all. Like he might've just wanted to, he, a lot of people think it needed a change like this. And I'm starting to come around to that viewpoint that like star Wars needed to be shaken up. 
All right. But if that is the case, that Star Wars needed to shake up, overall, that's not that much of a shake up because it's still Rebels versus Empire. Basically, yeah, at, yeah, at the end of this movie, it's exactly like the original trilogy, Rebels versus Empire. Right. Except we only have one episode left to tell the story of their, their exactly. struggle. It's almost like the starting point of episode four. Now it's going to be the starting point of episode nine. I feel like one difference, though, is that in episode four, five, and six, the Empire is the government of the entire galaxy. Like, they have their hands involved in, like, every planet, and they're occupying, like, every planet. I feel like the First Order, though, isn't doing that at the end of no, The Last I think Jedi. that's right, but wasn't there some dialogue that said they were, like, close to being at that point? Like, they were poised to take over star systems? Or did my... Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't possible. know if that's something I read separately or if that was dialogue in the movie. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because um, I just got the sense that they were, like, on the verge of that at the end of this movie. I'm not sure because, I mean, if you look at the timeline, they destroyed the Republic capital in the force awakens. And then this takes place like immediately after the force awakens. Right. So I don't know if they would have had that much time to just take over the entire galaxy. Well, they seem to have an unlimited like armada of ships. So (laughs) yeah, they they have a great trust fund. That's just supplying everything. Uh, One other point real quick that I was just a little bummed about. I'm not a big fan of, of Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker's characterization in this movie. And I've heard, I've read a lot of arguments. People have told me, you know, a lot of it makes sense. I don't know. I just didn't like it because I just thought of like Luke Skywalker was like my childhood hero, so I wanted him to be a hero. And Mark Hamill, um, he had to come out because he made comments that were taken out of context by people saying that he didn't like the direction it was going. But he said that when you know once he did it, he understood that it was essential to his character's growth. And that way, it's just not the exact same thing uh, from the original trilogy. But, I mean, I like I like Star Wars taking risks. I mean, even though people say that The Force Awakens is safe, I think that they did take a lot of risks with that, too. Um, I mean, the fact that Luke Skywalker has zero dialogue in that movie, and he was the second build, Mark Hamill. Was um, Han Solo, was uh, Harrison Ford first? Yeah, he was first, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, like the fact that Luke, I remember when I first saw that and that ending scene and Luke didn't say anything. And like, I was kind of upset about that. And like, now I'm okay. I've come to terms with it. Even though uh, the resolution of that scene was him comically tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder. Yeah. I think they could have done something different. Maybe if he just like threw it on the ground. I feel like a lot just, of like, the, out of his hands. a lot of JJ Abrams setups, Ryan Johnson just like dropped on the floor. Yeah. Well, um, apparently like Lucasfilm, which I'm surprised told Ryan Johnson, nothing. Like, they just said, do what you want to do, which which is a debate that we can have because, you know, do you want directors to be told what they're supposed to do, or should directors be able to make the movie that they want to make? I would say, like, mostly the second part. The only problem is when you do that with a trilogy with right. what was at the time going to be three different directors, I feel like you need a little bit of, like... Um, Guidance? Gu- where yeah, you're going. you need something to tie them together. Yes. Yeah, I, I do agree with that too. But I mean, there were some like some people aren't happy with Ray's uh, parentage reveal, and I read an article online that you know JJ told Ryan Johnson nothing about that, and JJ had an idea who it was, and Ryan Johnson had an idea who it was, and it turned out that it was the exact same people, which are nobodies. So I mean, that's that's nice to know that they were kind of talking about that a little bit. Um, I also read that um, Ryan Johnson had some influence on the end of The Force Awakens because originally J.J. wanted BB-8 to go to the island, and Ryan Johnson said, no, it should be R2-D2 instead of BB-8, which is what ended up happening. Oh, right, because then Luke got to see R2, right? Yeah, and it kind of makes more sense because Luke has more of a connection with R2 than he would BB-8. I'm I'm assuming he's never met BB-8. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still don't know where I would rank it in my Star Wars movies. Do you do you have a placement where you would put it? No, I have no clue. Yeah, I really need to see it another time. I liked it. I mean... I did, too. 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I'd probably give it, like, an 8, 8.5. Because, I mean, like, the acting's great. The effects are great. The script is really good. It just It just did things that people were not expecting, and I think that's why people are so divided on it. Yeah, because people people went in with all these expectations of what they wanted to see, what they thought they would see, 
for sure. And there's like there's like hour long YouTube videos of like why oh. why theor- of theories and stuff. Right, exactly. Millions, people millions of views. Luke, people expected Luke to use his green lightsaber. People expected, you know, Ray to be a Kenobi, or people expected Snoke to be Plagueis, or you know, all of these things. And people didn't get anything. And that's kind of like a like a, a, an issue with fan theories. I feel is that people take them as fact, and they're not really just theories anymore. Then they're like fan fiction. Kind mm-hmm. of, and they're yeah. like, well, this is what it needs to be, or else I'm going to be really angry. Yeah, and people start picking sides on what theory they think is right, and they would get really invested. Right, exactly. And it's, it's fun to have fan theories. I mean, we, we discuss fan theories all the time, but at the end of the day, you just have to remember that, you know, what happens is what happens, and you really can't be upset. I mean, you can be upset, but, you know, you're not the ones making it. Someone else is making it. So, so yeah, that's a little, little talk about Last Jedi, so we'll have to see. Uh, what happens with episode nine in two years? I'm excited to see what JJ does because JJ is more of a starter. He's not really a finisher. Like he started Lost, uh, Star Trek. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he's able to stick the landing or not. It will be very interesting because I feel like episode for all the things episode seven set up for people to wonder about and look forward mm-hmm. to. Episode eight hardly set up anything. That's true. Like it's very open, but I think it's also going to be very hard to tie it together as like a complete trilogy. Why do you what, because of episode eight? Yes, because to yeah. me they feel like kind of like just separate movies, right? Well, obviously I, I, they are separate movies, but like I, it doesn't they feel differently. If I feel like four, five, and six tell a continuous story, and episodes um, seven, eight, and nine tell so far, I don't know, like one and a half stories. I don't know. Well, I feel like, I mean, what I would predict with Episode 9, like, the the main story is Rey. So you have Rey in Episode 7 learning, uh, like, the Force Awakening in her. In Episode 8, you have her, you know, learning about the Force, you know, being told that the Jedi should end, and her being like, no, it, it really shouldn't. And then at the end of the movie, I mean, she is the last Jedi, really. And it's her job now. Maybe in episode nine, she'll be training people or I don't know. I don't know if there'll be a time jump, but that's I feel like there has to be a time jump. Yeah. I mean, even to address like Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher's passing, they need to do something. And to because to build up the rebels a little bit, like if you make episode nine where there's literally like 20 rebels, I feel like there's not there's nothing. Yeah. I think the time jump has to like establish a little bit of them getting some new allies or something. Yeah. And and maybe Kylo Ren building up the First Order around the galaxy, too. Maybe, like, a montage of that sweeping kid just, like, sweeping and getting older. (laughs) (laughs) And then joining the Rebels. Ooh, I like that. There we go. And there could be, like, a whole bunch of broom kids. Yeah, like, they have, like, this whole, like, broom army. There we go. I like it. Who needs a lightsaber when you have a broom? All right, let's finish up here with the last couple that we have. We have uh, Jumanji... Welcome to the Jungle, uh, which apparently is supposed to be pretty good, I hear. Yeah, I heard it's it's pretty good. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 77%. Uh, I came in the closest there. I only had a difference of four, I guess 73%. Uh, A lot of people not guessing super high. We had someone with 83. That was from Nathan McIntosh. Yeah, a lot of under-guessing for that one. Yeah, yeah, I guess people... I mean, when I first saw the trailer, like it made me laugh, but I was like, this is really different, but I guess that's... exactly. A remake that's very different. Yeah. But apparently The Rock can really, like, pull a crowd. I mean, I feel like there's no movie stars anymore except for The Rock and, like, Tom Cruise. Like, those are the two people who will just always bring people. I don't think it worked for The Mummy for Tom Cruise, though. Yeah, that's true. And now they're canceling that universe. We did a whole episode on it. (laughs) Nothing ended up happening. They're canceling that whole universe? Yeah. Like, all the the producers are just, like, dropping out of it now. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and then like for the movies we saw recently, we saw a preview for The Rock in uh, Rampage, which also <laughs> that, seems like what should be a bad movie, but kind of looks entertaining. Yeah, and it's from the director of San Andreas, which I know The Rock was in too, and that made money. So yeah, yeah. it's going to make money. Yeah, exact same thing there. All right, last, last couple here. We have Pitch Perfect three, which came in at thirty one percent, pretty uh, low, pretty low. We uh, had Henry a B. range of guesses for this one. Yeah, like uh, Nathan McIntosh again, guess 96. Uh, the closest person was the person with the lowest guess, which was uh, Henry B. Yeah, he, he guessed 30. Only one away. Nice guess. Yeah. Not many yeah. people got points for this one. You did. No. You, were, you weren't too far. 
Yeah, I guess 37. So I was, I was a little bit off. But yeah, not a lot of people. Uh, Sal from Alaska gets 19. Uh, so he wasn't that far off either. He has a tendency to vote really, really low on his guesses. He had some low guesses. Yeah. And then the last one, Chris, what do we got? The last one is Molly's Game. Uh, I don't know anything about that movie. I just know it was directed by Aaron Sorkin and written by him as well. His first film that he directed. Hmm. Um, big fan of him. He did like the West Wing and he wrote the social network and, uh, a lot of those great dialogue, few good men. He wrote the play and then he wrote the screenplay for it all. So, so that got an 80%. Yeah. Uh, so again, you were closest again with 82. A couple other close people. Um, Nathan had 85. He's only uh, five away. Uh, Emma, 83, only three off. And then Hugh and Dan W, five away also. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people guessed in the 80s, some in the 90s. I guess some people expected a lot because, you know, Aaron Sorkin and it had Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba and um, what's his name? The guy in Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner. Costner. Yeah. So that that wraps up the uh, 2017 Tomato Meter who would win cast game. So uh, would you like to, to know the final standings? Go for it. In first place with 79 points is you, Steve. Man, I feel I feel bad that I won my own contest. <laughs> yeah, it did seem a little suspicious. Yeah, but I mean, you can look at the timestamps. I'm going to put this document on um, in the show notes, and that, that way if anybody wants to take a look at it, you can see you know, where you stood um, point-wise in your guesses. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm honest. I, I didn't cheat at all. No, I, I can also vouch for you. You you were the first one to get your guesses in, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was one of the first ones. Yes. Or actually, according to the timestamp, you weren't. No, I did first, it like but... I did it November first. Some other people did it like December. There 23rd. were some October used guesses in too. Oh yeah, I mean October. Yes. Um. So anyway, in second place with sixty four points is Dan W. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good guesses. So the the winner of the non cast members is Dan W. Yes. <laughs> so we will have some type of prize for you. Yes. We'll, we'll still figure it out. Uh, in third place with 49 points. So it's pretty significant gaps between 1, 2, and 3. 79 to 64 to 49. Yeah. And that was Kim. 49 points. Kim. Nice job, Kim. Third place. In fourth place, it looks like we have a tie. Two people mm -hmm. with 43. Uh, that would be Nathan M. And... Dan. Yes. Uh, good job, guys. So then the next in sixth place with 40 points, a uh, good friend of the show, Andy Baker. That's it. Nice job, Andy. Uh, what's next? Seventh. There. Looks like seventh place is a two-way tie at 39 points. So at this point, everyone's very close. Yeah. Um, two-way tie for seventh, Henry and Emma. Nice job. Very good. Then we go to ninth place, 34 points. Me, ninth yeah, place. There you go, Chris. All nice right. Yeah. I was glad I didn't get last place. <laughs> uh, in 10th place with 31 points, Hugh, friend of the show. Congratulations, Hugh. 11th place with 30 points, uh, Kevin, Kevin D. Nice job. Uh, what's next? 12th, 12th. Uh, 21 points, Kevin S. There you go. And then in 13th place with 18 points, Sal from Alaska. I'm that's assuming right, that's Sal from Alaska. He put Sal. I think I'm pretty sure it's Sal from yeah. Alaska. Yeah. So, I mean, nice you know. Taking up, we got we got to have you taking up the rear. We appreciate that. Good job, everybody, though. Yes. Thank you to everybody who participated in this. I'm thinking of maybe doing one for the summer movie season. When I that think that would be a great idea now that we figured out how to do all the spreadsheet formulas and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, so let us know if you like this, if there's something you'd want us to change about it, or if you have any feedback about it, uh, if you have any suggestions for maybe what the prize should be, uh, let us know. And, you know, something reasonable, obviously, but uh, let us know your thoughts. So thank you again for everybody uh, for participating in that. It was a lot of fun just kind of seeing the numbers and, you know, seeing where everybody's uh, guesses were. Mm -hmm. It was, was really cool. All right. Um, and then, uh, Chris, I guess the last thing we can kind of talk about is just kind of just do a little wrap up of all the, we don't have to do every episode we did this year, but maybe, you know, some of our favorites that we did, uh, maybe looking at some of the polls that we thought that, you know, maybe the polls should have come out a different way, depending on the episode. Yeah, I've got a couple uh, things. I yeah, I believe we did about 40 episodes this year. We, 
we we did a ton. Yeah, this was our first that. full year doing um, episodes. That's considering right. Considering we started like mid 2016. So, uh, what are what are some things that stood out to you about uh, votes, favorite episodes? Or... Uh, well, the first episode of 2017 was Adam Sandler versus the DC execs. Yes, and uh, was it pitching a movie or something? Or it was it was um it was who needs to have a better like 2017. Oh, like, okay. Who would win in succeeding their New Year's resolution? So, so that's a perfect time to talk about this now. Who who did? So in the poll, I mean in the episode. I, I had Adam Sandler, and I won, and I pitched a, a Happy Gilmore sequel, which did not happen. No. But Adam Sandler put out a bunch more movies on Netflix. This is true. Which seemed to all make money. Yeah. Um, and the DC execs got a, what was that, a 60 on Justice League? Uh, uh, no, it was, it was like 40. Oh, it was a 40. It was a 40. 40. So now I will say this. So I have not seen Wonder Woman. I've heard That's a lot true. of There were some good it. DC movies. Yes. So, yeah, so Wonder Woman... Um, from what I heard, was very good and made over eight hundred million at the box office. So it was definitely a success. But the DC execs really, really screwed up Justice League uh, between having Joss Whedon go in and like rewrite the script and reshoot it, and they like they reshot it in like July, which was like three months before it came out, and like a lot of people were like, they should just push it back. Like, give them time to do everything, and, like, they had to digitally remove, like, Henry Cavill's mustache. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's come out that the DC execs refused to push back the release date because they wanted their 2017 end-of-the-year bonuses. <laughs> Sounds so, right. So I'm going to say the DC execs did not fulfill their New Year's resolution of trying to do better with their with their cinematic universe. Because a lot of, like, like Ben Affleck's like, I want to leave... Or he's not really committing if he's going to stay or not. Right, um, right. Yeah, it's it's a shame. And Adam Sandler, like you said, he released a ton of movies on Netflix. So his 2017 was a lot better than the DC execs. I mean, those movies aren't like good per se, but they're somehow profitable. Like people enjoy them. That's true. I it's, it's a shame that Netflix doesn't release how many people watch their movies because I would love to see if more people's watched, oh, yeah. if more people watched Adam Sandler's movies than watched uh, Justice League. Yeah, that would be really cool to see that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. That was that was a good one. That was a fun episode. If anyone hasn't listened, definitely go back and give it a listen. It's very fitting for yeah, like, if you want to see Happy Gilmore too. Also, <laughs> it's a great. Wasn't it? What was your idea? Did he? I forget. I I don't remember. He had to go back into golf after for some reason. And something involving Shooter McGavin, I think. Yeah, he was in it. Yeah. I forget. I forget yeah, everything yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else uh, um, stand out to you? The Any next thing episodes? I wanted to point out is the, the Transformers Kitchen Appliance episode. Okay. That one uh, we did when the new Transformers came out uh, back in, like, June. I love that episode. Me too. I'm upset that I went 0 for 4 in the oh, polls. yeah. You... And and you had the best names for, I know. For, for your Transformers. So if anyone hasn't listened to this episode, please go back and listen to it. It's episode 43. And Chris and I, we each – did we pull – we pulled them out of a hat, Yeah, I right? think we randomly chose kitchen appliances. Yes. And we had to give them a name, a cool Transformers name. Yes. And then we had to have them fight each other just based on what they did. Your, your names sound like the drunk Teletubbies. <laughs> gutsy a, sudsy threader and shredder yeah we had a waffle iron gutsy dishwasher sh sudsy <laughs> sewing machine threader and garbage disposal shredder now your names sound like real transformers names <laughs> except for the vacuum except for the vacuum vacuum was suckbot, but then we had ice cream maker which was lactaser <laughs> The water heater, which is Steam Shot, which is still my favorite Transformer name of all time. Because it sounds like an actual Transformer name. It does. It's amazing. And then uh, the stand mixer Paddlebot. Yeah, and you beat me bad in all the polls. Yeah, uh, people were just more more into the the gutsy sudsy threader and shredder drunk Teletubbies, <laughs> I guess, than the the real Transformer sounding name. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, definitely go back and give that a listen. Yeah, that was Paddlebot. episode forty three. Yeah, that one that one was a lot of fun. And the uh, Adam Sandler one was episode 24, if you want to try to find it. Yes. Um, One of my favorites that we did was the Brendan Fraser versus Tom Cruise for starring in The Mummy. Oh, yeah. That was right before The Mummy came out, right? That was right before The Mummy came out. And we had a pitch, like, 
it was pretty much like Tom Cruise fighting for his starring role and Brendan yes. Fra- Fraser coming back to fight for his spot back, basically. That was episode you, 42. Episode 42. And you ended up winning that one. You won 83 to 17% of the vote there. There was a lot of votes in that poll as well. Yeah, there was. People, it's really interesting when some of these polls really get going, when people retweet them or they're very interested in it. Yeah. That was the first like big non-Star Wars one that uh, got a lot of You're following. You're right. Our Star Wars fault polls that get like 50 to 100 votes a normal a bad i guess like i would say a regular poll for us is like seven to ten sometimes uh, sometimes five I mean, to fifteen I, I mean i feel like lately it's been like like 20 yeah lately has been higher i guess i'm looking yeah. in early 2017 we had a lot of like seven and eight vote ten vote polls except yeah. then the star wars ones will get like 100 votes 50 votes right the brendan fraser tom cruise got 80 votes yes and then our biggest poll ever was uh, one of the recent Ewoks vs. Porgs. We got 253 votes. Yeah, a lot of Star Wars fans retweeted and, and voted in that one. Um, did you have any other episodes you wanted to, wanted to shout out? Um, another one I had, where was it? This one was like, this one kind of came out of nowhere. But we just kind of came up with it on the fly, and it was Spider-Man versus Ricky Bobby in Delivering Pizza. Because they both had pizza delivery scenes in their movies. Exactly. And it was right when, like, the new Spider-Man came out, and it was right also around the time when Baby Driver came out, which I still have not seen. Um, and that's about, you know, a guy who's, like, a getaway driver, and apparently he also delivers pizzas in the movie. Oh. So we thought about kind of combining them all, and uh, that one, that one's a lot of fun. That was episode uh, 46, in case anyone wants to go back and listen to that one, too. Uh, I really enjoyed two other episodes. One, the uh, Swarm vs. Zemnu, where we kind of picked, like, the C-list, where they C-list Marvel villains or something. Uh, yes. Uh, and I learned a lot about Swarm. Like, everything you learn about Swarm is just oh, more interesting than the last. Like, he started out as, like, a, a guy who's, like, a scientist and somehow be- transferred his consciousness to bees. And also, he's a Nazi. Yeah, he's also a Nazi. He's a Nazi and, swarm of bees. And he was living in, like, South America, right? I believe. <laughs> Something. Yeah, well, he's, like, raising, like, giant killer bees. Yeah. Such a fascinating backstory. Yeah, that one was cool. Zemnu, uh, I just remember he was, like, a white, like, monster. Yeah, he was pretty much like thing. the Hulk with, like, telepathic mind control powers. Yeah, that's right. And I was going to try to take over your bees. Yeah, he, he's really powerful. I'm, I'm surprised yeah, he Zemnu was really isn't a bigger powerful. villain. Yeah, and none of them have been announced to be in uh, any of the MCU next. So I'll have to keep missing, they, are, they are dropping the ball. They, they really are. They, I mean, if Swarm is not the villain of Captain America 4, I mean, come on. That's what they At need. least put him in an Ant-Man movie. Ooh, there you go. I didn't even think of that. That would work well. Um, the other episode I really liked, well, I liked a lot of episodes, but one that I thought was especially interesting was the, the Ghostbusters versus the ghosts from Pac-Man. I was going to bring that up, too. I liked that one a lot. That one was a lot of fun. That one was really good. We did that around uh, Halloween time. That was up to 58, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that. We had Blink, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde, which also sound like drunk Teletubby names. <laughs> the, uh, they, they have so many other names, too. Uh, yeah, there was tons of them out there. It was, it was pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we did a lot this year. We really did. And um, our unpaid intern, Dan, who was very nice, he was able to go through. He's a big statistics guy. And he went through and he did like all the stats, like how many wins we have, how many uh, losses we have, how many votes we received in our in our polls, our winning percentage, and um, total of all of our episodes. Um, I've won thirty five episodes, so I have a fifty four percent winning percentage, and you have a forty three winning forty three percent winning percentage, Chris. But you get more votes on Twitter than I do. I do have more votes. Yeah. Yeah, you had like 628 votes. I only had 547 total. Um, if we look at 2017, though, our win, per- our winning is pretty much split down yeah, the you middle. You and me are very close. Yeah, I had 23 wins this year. You had 20 wins this year. Uh, we should also point out we do have one special guest who had a 100% winning percentage in 2017, Austin. That's correct. Austin, you came in one episode. He won, and he backed out. Undefeated. Said, Undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. Uh, I actually had uh, lunch with him uh, a couple weeks ago, right before Christmas. Uh, he was doing well. He said he's still listening, enjoying the podcast. He finished his his uh, film for his senior thesis, and he said that we'll get a chance to 
to get a copy of it. Oh, sometime. I'd love to screen that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd go to uh, where's that one film fest for like Cannes or uh, what are the big film festivals? The, I don't know. There's South by Southwest. There's the Toronto International Film Festival. I would uh, go I there I, for you, Austin. Let yeah, us know if you get in. I, he did say that because um, he finished his film this past semester, so he still has this spring semester to come up before he graduates in the springtime. So I said to him, I said, so what are you going to be doing this spring since you finished your film? And he said he's going to be, you know, tweaking it, making sure it's perfect. And he said he's going to be submitting it to any film festivals that he can. So hopefully uh, New Jersey has a film festival last year or 2017. It was in April. So uh, maybe he'll get into it. Maybe we can go ahead and see it again this year if, if he gets his film in. That'd be really cool. That would be really cool. Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you there, Austin. Uh, so anything else, Chris, you want to add before we start wrapping up 2017 here? No, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. It's a good, it was a good review of the year. Yes. Um, I want to thank all of our fans who have listened, downloaded, retweeted, shared, told their family about us, friends, left a review on iTunes. Um, we can't do this show without you. You guys are the reason we continue doing this week by week. Whenever we get a tweet from somebody or an email, um, Chris and I always get excited and, and talk about her. We get a review, and it just makes it really, really uh, exciting with the kind of fan base that we're slowly growing uh, over time, especially from people from all over, not only the United States, but uh, fans from around the world as well. That was well said, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. So uh, we do have some ideas for episodes going into the new year. But as always, we love taking suggestions from you, our fans. So please reach out to us. Give us some ideas. Uh, some people have reached out to us already. Uh, someone brought up the idea of using uh, the Raisin Brand Sun going up against uh, Captain Crunch, which I think would be funny. We have already used Captain Crunch, however. Uh, we like to try to not use the same person over again unless it's somehow different. So if you can... Um, Give us a, a suggestion for someone who you'd like to fight the Raisin Brand Sun. Uh, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> um, we like to do fights that are maybe somewhat topical to what's going on in pop culture or just anything really going on. Um, if you give us like a 1v1, maybe try to give us like what a scenario is or where they're fighting. Because early on we learned that there needs to be some kind of reason they're fighting or some kind of scenario going on or it might be harder for us to uh pitch two people going at it but uh we're always taking suggestions so please let us know your thoughts and um we'll definitely look at them going into 2018 and it makes it more fun for us because it's more of a surprise and uh, it makes it fun for you because you get your episode here on the air so um definitely give us your ideas for what you think we can do going forward anything you want to add chris or we all good here. Uh, I'm all I'm all good, Steve. All right, cool. So um, please remember, uh, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. If you want to say hello to us, you can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. For any new listeners, if you do not know, um, every time you leave us a review on iTunes, we give you a fictional background, and uh, we can be really really close, or we can be really really off. But it's a lot of fun anyway, and it helps spread the word. Uh, for our show, and you get a little fake shout-out as well. So we hope you guys have a very happy new year, uh, happy 2018. Look forward to everything good coming in the new year, and please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.